THNX Rising Podcast. Hope you folks are having a fine Valentine's Day. It is February 14th. Uh, call me Cupid. Maybe this is Cupid over here with my little arrow. Bang. Not a Nerf gun. That's an arrow. It was definitely a Nerf gun. It could have been. We'll never know. Well, hey, I am Max David Simpson. This is Mr. Owen Evans. How are you doing, sir? Well, uh, I didn't get hit by the Nerf gun, so there's a good starting point, right? I, I've got to be honest. I saw him holding it there. I didn't trust him. Well, I was expecting it was going to hit me. It was going to hit a mic, maybe a camera, possibly one of the cans of beer that we have here. But hey, he managed to avoid it all, so off to a good start at I least. Don't, right? I don't, no one in this room is named Mike. So what, you I mean a, a Tottenham that. fan not being able to hit the mark? Whoa! Sounds about right, to be fair. Well, I mean, actually, shoot, it's getting a little, uh, getting a little hot in here. I just need to... Uh, Take this. Uh, oh, oh, what? I, I changed a kit, and I'm supporting Ireland. Wow, that's kind of nice. Didn't see that it's coming. It's a very random it is, Irish isn't it? kit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. anyway, that's what we got today for you guys today. But hey, very excited for a show. Lots to get into. First big thing, we played a little bit of a game over the weekend, a little scrimmage against GCU, Grand Canyon University. And you have the privilege of being there. First initial thoughts from the takeaway of that game. Well, they won 5-2. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from that perspective, yeah, everything going as it should do. Um, and then that's kind of the thing, right? Everything going as it should do is the theme. Because when you're playing against GCU, it's not like, oh, we won by several goals, therefore it's really good. You, you should be beating them by several goals. They're a Division One, they're a college team, mm-hmm. right? There, there's... I remember one of the someone tweeted during the game about how it was you know gave New Mexico vibes, kind of like New Mexico beating up on kids last year. Slightly different, a little bit because they there aren't they aren't literal children this time. They are actually college students, but <laughs> you, you've got to still at the same time bear in mind that yeah, there's only so much you can learn from that. But I think there were a lot of positives. I think we saw some, you know, getting the chance to see some of these new players for the first time definitely mm-hmm. a positive and and the fact that they actually did perform reasonably well um look there's some chemistry building all of that i feel as though there were a lot of positives we can take from it in that regard but yeah it's still limited in some ways limited definitely of course and i mean it was cool that we saw a variety of different players being featured um you know kind of a bit of a different team that started the first half Versus the one that started the second half. I mean, I know we're going to get into this a bit and really talk through kind of like the minutiae of the game, some of the takeaways that you had, who you liked, who you didn't like. But um, really, before we get into that and before we hear from Juan, how much significance do you place on this? Because on the one hand, the opposition, you got to call what it is. It's not up to the caliber that we're going to be playing every week. But at the same time, these are valuable reps, even for the fact of team chemistry. And you do start to see some guys emerge like On a scale of 1 to 10, if 10 being very important, 1 being not at all, give me a number of what you rated something like this. Good question. Um, I'd say... What would I rate it? On the spot. I I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. It is a really good question. I was actually going to come back with something entirely different, but then you go with the (laughs) thing that, you know, when you look at these friendlies, you're looking for three things, really. Mm -hmm. You're looking for chemistry. Yeah. You're looking for conditioning. You're looking for Mm -hmm. actually getting fitter and you're looking for confidence that's why you play these friendlies against weaker opposition and teams around the world do it um everyone plays games against weak teams they often play them against local weak teams um it kind of often builds relationships between those teams you Mm. know you see it again across the world um i feel as though the game itself again it's it's a combination of weak team and early Mm preseason. those two things don't add up well to you really being able to read too much into it but 
again, it's the first time that we've seen most of these players on a pitch together. Um, so, I don't know. I, I won't put too, too much stock in it, but I'm still taking positives out of that game. No, for sure. And I mean, that's kind of what I, what I kind of gathered from when you look at a game like this, you see the result. I mean, you're, you're a team like this, you're supposed to beat and beat convincingly. I mean, if this was like a draw or a loss, I would be drawing some very real concerns, but I went they went one nil down within a minute as well. <laughs> and that was like, okay, wake up, let's get it together. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, uh, rut row, but no, I mean, the, the result turned out as it did. I think, like you said, there was some things within the scoreline where a little bit of cause of concern, but overall they won. They won by a good margin. They did what they need to do. And the rest of this, it will sort itself out, but it really is just finding out who those players are, where the team is, and really just what are some of those combinations. But I would love to hear, we got, we got some video from head coach Juan Guerra talking about his overall look of the game and kind of his thoughts from it. Well, today and, and the other day, um, we wanted to combine um, today's performance with the performance and, and, and the game from the other day versus Colorado. So little by little, little by little, it's part of the part of the process. It's part of the, the journey that we're taking. It's um, finding minutes, finding rhythm, making sure that we get no injuries. And the most important thing is for the guys to start getting used to playing with each other and, and starting to get to know each other. Uh, we've been working very hard on uh, during training making sure that uh, our principles, our style of play, that the guys understand the way uh, we want our identity to be. But, um, but the games is different. The, game, the games give you um, a lot more information. And it's been good if we, if we have to do a, you know, a quick summary of the two games and a quick reflection. I think it's, it's positive. We're on the positive side. But there's a lot of work to do um, still to keep getting better and getting to where we want to be. I mean, after hearing that, fair assessment by Juan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look again. It's it's all about just getting again. As I said, those three C's. That's what you're focusing on at this time. You're focusing on that. Whoever you're playing against, right? Mm -hmm. If you're playing against teams in your own division, you're playing against teams from a higher division, or you're playing against teams from a lower division. That's all that really matters. These results are relatively pointless. Um, it's all about what you can do. And I mean, in that game, you had two completely split up forty fives. You had what, an 11 in the first 45, a different 11, completely different 11 for the second 45. I don't think they even had a plan for what would happened if a player had gone down injured in the second 45, <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah, I, I feel as though, again, it's a lot of positive. You want, you want to see these players getting out on the field together because they are building that kind of chemistry more mm -hmm. than anything. Um, I mean, the identity, that's something they work on in training. It's how they actually implement it as a team. Mm -hmm. The chemistry they're building as a team that really matters when they're, you're seeing them on the field in these games. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely. Well, and we want to get to some of the overall themes that we took away from that uh, scrimmage. I mean, let's, let's talk a bit, right? We talked about there was two different starting 11s, one for the first half, one for the second half. You know, I'll, I'll list off some of the notables from the one that started the first half. A lot of trialists on this one, um, but really I'll focus on some of the core guys who we believe are going to be competitors. Surely some of them penciled into the starting lineup. You know, in goal, in goal got Rocco Rios, Novo, um, you know, a couple of guys from last year, Kevin, uh, Kevin Lambert. Um, and then we had Jose Andres Hernandez in the midfield with Renzo Zambrano and Fede Varela. I mean, again, with a mix, a lot of different trialists, but any of those players really stood out. And I know we're going to caveat that we're going to talk more about Lambert later on in the show, kind of his positioning, starting in the defense, but anyone else outside of him? 
Uh, well, I think, look, we'll talk about both starting lineups with the goalkeepers. I'd say that neither of them I felt like were tested that much. So it's kind of hard to really read too much into whether it's Rocco Rios Novo or whether it's Patrick Rakowski to start the season at this point. I think one of the things that really intrigued me in that first half of play was um, the role that Henry, you know, that Uzo was playing in there mm-hmm. um, out of the back uh, as... He was playing on the the left, sorry, the right um, mm-hmm. right wing. I always get confused my left and right. Um, he was playing on the right wing. He, he really did seem to cause some problems. There's also a lot of feistiness out of him, which I like. Yeah. I, I like to see it mm-hmm. as long as it's controlled, um, which he didn't do anything stupid, but he was not going to take any nonsense from any GCU mm-hmm. players. Trust me, you could hear what he had to say to them and about you know what they thought about him as a player and as a result what he was going to do to them back um he didn't mm-hmm. exactly keep himself to himself on that so i i like it i like to see that bit of the fight i think the biggest standout more than anything though is fede varela um this is a guy who look we we, we heard all the hype coming in mm-hmm. um there's been the public hype there's been the private hype and the private hype has been very much along the lines of this guy coming in is going to turn heads this guy coming in is going to appear to be someone who should be at a much higher level than this league. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell him friendly, especially against weaker opposition, quite how you should judge it. But I'd say it was a good sign that there's some good backing to that hype because right. in a lot of ways, he, he had some of the positives, I think, of that we'd seen in um, Arturo Rodriguez in the past where... He covered a lot, decent amount of ground. He he seemed as though he could be a little bit unpredictable. The defenders weren't quite sure what to do about mm-hmm. him. The difference more than anything, Arturo was still quite raw in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. still quite young, not quite got it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a lot of that natural talent. He just needed to put it together. Varela, to me, is someone who every touch had purpose. Every bit of movement had purpose. And bringing all of that together, you create someone who in fairness, probably should be playing at a higher level than USL Championship. One other thing to note, I think, Aiden Quinn's corners were all right. Um, John Baccaro's corners were all right. I will say, I don't recall a corner from Varela that didn't hit a pretty decent danger zone. And he took quite a few in that first half. Mm. So he was on corner duty both sides. Um, and every time he was whipping them in there, he was getting like that sweet spot between the six yard area and the penalty spot. And it's dropping in there. And you just think if you can get your big guys up there, they can get up there. They can challenge for those headers. You are turning those corners into legitimate threats. And I think having him on corner duty, it's going to be interesting to see this year, especially because rising this year, they have like a pretty solid, like tall defense. Seems like they got, got a lot of guys back there who can, you know, be good in the air, win some aerial duels. I like that. I'm a sucker for a good in-swinger and out-swinger combo. And I think something that you touched on, it's something that we so- they sorely lacked last year of a guy who can drop, whether it's driving on the defense or moving off ball, like you said it, moves with purpose, moves with conviction. Everything he did, even if the, you know, in hearing from you, even if it didn't, the ball didn't come off, there was an intention behind it. He wasn't just taking a touch to take a touch. And I think that's something where, that is really where you show that you're a level above if you are thinking not just what's in front of you, but thinking one, two steps ahead of where the play is developing. And it's early, really depends on the opposition, but that's even something like this where you either kind of have that or you don't, and you're going to see that 
early on in these scrimmages. Absolutely. And look, it's going to be... I feel as though there is some pressure on, on Fede here just because the hype, at least internally, definitely has been pretty strong. Um, this is a guy who wasn't just supposed to turn heads because they signed him again. He was supposed to turn heads mm -hmm. because when he actually takes the field, he's going to look like he doesn't belong in this league. Yeah. Um, and that, that's been the word coming out of Rising. It's been the word coming out of the club. So... Now we want to see it, and I think if he can put together performances against USL sides that are comparable to the performance he put out against GCU, mm -hmm. I think we're looking at someone who seriously now, seriously, could be a, a real outside candidate for the MVP come the end of the year. Wow. That's... That's it. That's a clip. Dangerous. That's a clip. That's a Look, clip this right guy there. was in there that. for the first half. Two goals in that half. One of which he set up because he plays a ball across the face of goal, comes off the post, lands at a trialist feet. The other one, we've all seen that video. I mean, I got to see it in real life. And what a that killer is, that, that was. That is a that is a curler top bins. That's a beauty. There's not a key. There's not there's a not, keeper who's stopping that. That's the thing, right? We all talk about the, the limitations of GCU. No matter who you're playing, no, you, no, no one's, one's saving that. that. No Nobody is saving that. that. The other thing, too, is like, that's not just a wide open shot where you have all day. He got closed down relatively quickly. The, you know, the defender could have maybe closed in, put a more of a body in it rather than just a leg. But like, you're not stopping that. No. Not a soul stopping Nobody that. is stopping I that mean, goal. I mean, to, to see Thomas's um, comment in the chat, Varela is a baller. MVP, MVP. That's going to be a quote that we might have to refer back to. But... You know, I love that insight. You know, one thing, and we touched, you touched upon it earlier, going down in the first minute. I know that it's something that the team clawed back and it did not end up mattering really at all in the final score. What was, if you can, if you can explain, what was like the atmosphere within the club where, you know, this is a lot of new guys who have played together. It's a meaningless game, but it is one that's important for team building. And you go down in the first minute to GCU, again, no disrespect, some disrespect. You go down to GCU in the first minute, and especially from the goalkeeper position, new goalkeeper, a lot of people are already saying, oh, he should be the outright starter. Anything from him, anything from the defense of what was their reaction or was it business as usual, let's get back to it? Hard to tell in a lot of these games. I think it was something that became quite a theme during COVID, especially when, when games were being played behind closed doors, that people were struggling to get up at times for games because it didn't feel like it was a real game. Mm. And that's how these training ground friendlies can feel sometimes. You get out there, what's the atmosphere? There isn't one. You're playing on the training ground where you're playing all week training. So... Look, they, they bounced back reasonably all right. I think, to be honest, the early goal was more just it's a little bit of miscommunication, a little bit of... It's early days, right? This is a, a lot of players, especially in the defense, who aren't used to playing with each other. I think one of the things that, that Rising seemed to struggle with defensively was they were being caught on counterattacks. That's down to two things. Number one is GCU's playing for those counterattacks, which mm -hmm. you expect to do if you're an underdog. Yep. That's how you play. Yep. Um, and number two is, is that you tend to be more liable to be caught on those kind of counters when you haven't played with each other because you don't know each other's tendencies. You don't know who's going to go where. You haven't quite gotten down to who, what what your your teammates' weaknesses are either side to know how you need to, to work to compensate those. Yep. So that doesn't surprise me that that's how GCU was getting chances in these games. The key thing is actually facing those kind of chances is what builds that knowledge. It's what builds that familiarity with your teammates yeah. that you know how you've got to step up and how you're going to cover for them when you're in situations like that and so look it, it didn't feel as though it was that significant i think sure. it was 
possibly those off the field were more of an, oh no, here we go. Uh, but that's just because it's been such a long time of of seeing Phoenix Rising struggle over this no, past for, year. You know, no, it, it's sure. it, it's kind of become that ingrained like, oh no, please don't tell me it's going back yeah. down that route. Well, and it, it didn't. No, and the reason why I ask is I'm, I'm less concerned about the tactical side. I mean, again, didn't matter in the final score. You know, you give up a goal that early on, it's unfortunate, but like you can battle back. I'm more curious of how the team pulls together, how it is those intangibles of like the chemistry of the camaraderie. Is this a team who can gel? Because listen, people are going to say, oh, it's a scrimmage against GCU first minute, whatever. And honestly, fair. But on the other hand, if you think that this is going to be like, there's not going to be setbacks similar to this, parallel to this, you're wrong. There's going to be setbacks along the season, some not as serious, some more serious. And it really shows in these early games, especially when it's meaningless, how a team responds. So it's good to see that it sounds like they pop back to it. Got going again. Speaking of chemistry, I'd like to move on to the second half if we can. Do you want to run through some of the players that played in that second you half? You got it, man. That's what I was going to ask if we had anything else to go over in the first. But seeing as we don't, yeah, let's go through it. So we had a couple trialists going on, but mainly it was a lot of our regular, the guys who we figure to make an impact. Again, going through it, Patrikovsky in goal, Darnell King in the defense, along with Niall Dunn, Alejandro Frenmeier, um, and Eddie Monjama. Mid midfield, Carlos Anguiano, Carlos Javi, Emil Coelho, and with Manuel Arteaga leading the front line. Any notable performances, anyone who you didn't, you wanted to see featuring in that second half that didn't? Never a fallback that really made a difference there. I spoke about Uzo earlier. I'm going to go with uh, Manjoma. I thought that he was pretty important in the way that they were attacking. They were using him quite a lot down the left-hand side, and he was whipping in balls and I think he was causing some danger um I think that he had some pretty decent chemistry he was building I mean the main two who really I was looking at the chemistry there for were, were Cuello and Arteaga um and Joma was the third one I'd say to that but I think that the two of them up top especially between Cuello and um Arteaga were definitely probably the um the, the, the two most natural together looking players that's I've what, seen all that's game. What you, that's why you text me right, they, right afterwards. Those two are linking up well. They were linking yeah. up very well. I think the number of chances they were setting up for each other, just just kind of catching them. We're on each other's wavelengths. It was just, again, right? There's only so much you want to read into it because you are dealing with a, a back line that is not going to be that good. But at the same time, they were reading each other very well. They were... Finding those those gaps between the defense and they were slotting each other through reasonably well. So I think at this stage in the preseason, if you're going to see that, that's really good. That's a really good sign. You want to be seeing that. You want to be seeing those players knowing where each other are. I mean, Arteaga could have had a, a hat trick, to be honest, in that game. He only got two in the end. He definitely could have had a hat trick. Um, Cuello, you know, arguably should have buried the one before he did ultimately score. Mm -hmm. Um, he scored on the rebound, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I feel as though, look, they, they had a really good start to their preseason in, in that performance. And from there, I mean, we're just going to have to see where it goes. I, I understand the chat at the moment. We've got uh, Thomas Rosales asking here about, you know, Michael got to get an article with Jersey if he bangs in goals this season. <laughs> yeah, Michael, of course, in our chat has not been the most... Uh, no, he hasn't been the biggest fan uh, of Manu up top, but... Um, Hey, look, he got two goals in this preseason game. Mm. As much as you can say that preseason doesn't count, well, 
It's more goals than anybody else has gotten in preseason so far. Dang. No, it's 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 the it's the little moments building towards the chemistry. I like it too. It is those individual players. If you're linking up well, that's something that really does carry over, even if that's not going to show up on the on the score sheet. The fact that you're building chemistry, yes, as a team, but I really look at individuals within this preseason because that, to me, is a bit more an indicative of who is progressing. As a team, you should be beating a team, and you should be playing well as a whole. And yeah, maybe um, you know different deficiencies are minimized, but if you are linking up well with either a strike partner or a midfield partner, that is something that does not matter against the opponent. That is either there or it's not. And building out early on is incredibly invaluable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's just the broader picture for the whole team. You want to be well in that chemistry. That's why next week is happening. That's what you want to do. So vitally important at this Absolutely. stage. I love BJ's comment. Confidence can be built in the preseason and goal scorers need to score to have confidence. Michael's already hitting back here. I How know. many goals did Epps have in preseason? How did the regular season go? I didn't think Epps was that, but look, Marcus <laughs> Epps was not the problem on that team last year. Not the problem in the slightest. Now, he was not Solomon Asante. I, I'll grant you that. We all understand that. No one expected him really to be Solomon Asante. Mm-hmm. He had elements where he, he could have been all right. Um, I, I just feel as though don't don't scapegoat apps. That's harsh. That's harsh. There were so many things going wrong last season. But to scapegoat one player there, not nice, not nice. It's tough. Um well first, wanna ask, is it any any other like second half performances you want to highlight? Yeah, not really. Yeah. I feel as though yeah, a lot, a lot of the work was done down. Look, Darnell had some opportunities. Um, I feel as though, again, though, Manjoma and Cuello and um, Asiago were the main factors in that second half for me. I gotcha. Well, before we move on, I, I did a, the one question I have, and I'm curious if the chat has anything to chime in with. How much stock do we want to put in on who's playing first half, who's playing second? Who's not featuring at all? Because again, in the first half, okay, maybe those are yeah. some of the guys, some of them are guys who you figure to be starters. Arocco and Goal, Lambert uh, in the in the defense. But then again, a lot of trialists versus the second half. It's a lot of guys who you figure whether they're starting or not, you can see a lot of link up play there. So I'm really curious to hear from you, hear from the chat. How much weight do we put into something like that? Not yet. Okay. I, we'll like, move, I mean, I'll, that's, that's, I'll yeah, speak to like it more that. when we talk about the games that are coming up. I like that. But not this last weekend going forward. Maybe a little bit more. I got it. Well, it seems like you're uh, you're not really going to bet too much on that type of starting lineup, but you know you can bet on the DraftKings sportsbook app, baby. Well, and <laughs> I'm surprised I held I know. that for as I long know. as I did. Uh, I know the, the, silence, the silence is the best part. Uh, but hey, we uh, you know, I, I placed a I placed a little wager this uh, afternoon, and you know, sometimes uh, you know, sometimes I give really good advice on betting with Spurs, and other times. You know, not so much. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a tough think- it was a tough game uh, against Milan today, and didn't go quite as as planned. I actually, I actually, I bet, I bet on a draw. I bet on a draw. I bet on a draw. So you lost. Yes. I yeah. Okay. I lost. Plus two thirty. Plus two thirty for a draw. You know, and they were close. Uh, one goal away, it happens. But he says the odds here as though he doesn't understand that the thing about plus two thirty there is you put a hundred dollars on, you lose a hundred dollars because you know what? They didn't get I'm a, the I'm draw. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nice. I'm, I'm an ant. I'm a they risk lost. adverse better. I only do five books at a time because I like the little incremental gains. It's uh, it's more the it's more the wins within my emotion than the money. That's really what matters. 
<laughs> the winds in your emotion. Okay, yeah. Max. Okay. Yeah, it's the mo- it's an emotional roller coaster. But hey, there's a lot of Champions League you want to bet on. You know, we see uh, producer Sean, big fan of Chelsea, and we got a actually a pretty juicy matchup tomorrow. Dormant versus Chelsea. Dormant plus one forty five. Draw plus two thirty five, and then Chelsea for a win plus two hundred. It is at door. It is Dormant is the home team. They don't like you. They don't like the blues. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what they say. If you put a hundred dollars on the blues, you will lose a hundred dollars. And this is coming from a Chelsea fan. I have no faith yeah. in the club right now, so avoid hey, it. Um, hmm, I'd, uh, uh, Michael, uh, Mike in the chat. Kane is close to winning a trophy, but he yeah, never I, did. I, 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 okay. brought the, I brought All this right, up with Max, uh, where it was like, uh, how can it be the Champions League when I don't recall Spurs winning any title lately? Uh, you know, you know, you asked me earlier what was what. Titles or what? What, what, what accolades? What accolades did Spurs win? He tried bringing Ch- up Champions League runner-up. Final, I said finalist. 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 No, put that no. in the books. What was the last title? Hang it from the rap. Hang it from the band. The answer for anyone wondering is 2008. They won the League Cup. Mm. That's the most recent mm-hmm. title they won. All right. Well, if you don't want to take my word for it, I mean that's on you. And you want to put down some money for yourself? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code PHNX. And new customers can bet $5. That's five. One, two, three, four, five. And get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details if you dare. And while you're doing it, I'm not saying to drink and bet. I'm not saying that. But I'm also not saying that. Cheers, pal. Happy Valentine's Day. Mm-mm-mm. Got the uh, Suns brew since the Suns made a certain... Big acquisition. Man, you are late. So I thought I'd get the... uh, I would say you're late to the party, but that actually happened after after our our last show. show. Yeah, so I'm not late to the party. I haven't been in here since then. Uh, uh, Twitter world moves fast, but hey. It moves very fast. You're drinking the the cans. I'm drinking the bottles. We are now bottles one. No Spurs joke. I'm already already exiting that, kiboshing that, but you're drinking the nice Suns brew. I'm drinking the Holiday Salted Caramel Baltic Porter. My goodness, it tastes absolutely delicious. Get your hands on Four Peaks. You guys already know. We love them. We talk about them. We were there for the World Cup watch parties. We're going to be doing all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to be at the Four Peaks last Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday, every single month. But you know what's better than drinking beer? It's pairing them with delicious Girl Scout cookies. Check out Four Peaks cookie pairing at their 8th Street Pub location in Tempe on February 16th. I'm no... Oh gosh, what's a person who handles calendars? I'm no calendar secretary. I, I was gonna say that, but that was too. He thinks that there's that's some too kind organic. of actual I don't think there I is. Think there, that was too organic. Oh, there probably is, but that's it's too, way too complicated. I'm no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no Gregorian calendar maker, but uh, okay. February <laughs> February 16th is this Thursday. Join the fine folks at Four Peaks for the uh, cookie pairing. It's gonna be awesome, but you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Have a great time. Enjoy some beer. But hey, what we're going to enjoy, we really want to get into this next topic. It's something that we've talked about in the past. We alluded to it earlier in the show. Mr. Kevin Lambert, we got some thoughts, especially with him being in the back line um, during the scrimmage. Does it mean something? Does it not mean something? Let's hear from coach, head coach Juan Guerra. The good thing about Kevin is he's so versatile, right? And the way we play, he could play multiple positions, right? He could play anywhere in the back. He could play in the midfield. If we play with a back four, he could also play in the back. And um, it just it gives you so much flexibility. Uh, the more games we play and the more training sessions that we give him in the back um, shows how much more comfortable he's becoming and how, and how good he can become. 
I think he can be an elite, elite. And when I talk about elite, I'm, I'm not just talking about MLS, I'm talking about internationally uh, center back level. And uh, he's still young. You've seen his athleticism. Now you see how comfortable he, he's becoming on the ball with the game in front of him. So it's good. It's good for us to make sure that we can bring in players that play multiple positions, as you saw today. And on any given day, we can, we can shift our, the, the way we look on the, on the field or our shape or, or the positions without losing the identity that we want to adopt. I mean, the guy's not wrong. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good situation to have but this is one that's dare i say flummoxed we've been flummoxed by how we're gonna see kevin lambert line up this year any what are your initial thoughts from that video the way that he is talking <laughs> makes me believe that kevin lambert will be featuring more as a center back mm -hmm. than as a defensive midfielder yeah just the way that juan is talking there i feel as though it's something that you know, yes, he, he pays the lip service to the flexibility side of things, but all the other talk being actually you see all this in training sessions, he's getting more and more comfortable implies that that's exactly where they're training him, exactly where they're preparing him to play. Yeah. Um, second friendly in a row, I believe, that he's lined up in that kind of a position. So, look, he covers a lot of ground. He's, yeah. he's capable of doing it. He adds a kind of pace to the back three um, if they are playing a back three, which we're mostly expecting of course they have the flexibility to move out of that but we're mostly expecting that back free it gives yeah. the flexibility for the the fullbacks to really really attack and not have to worry too much because you've got someone behind you that can cover that kind of ground that's needed now as michael is saying in here multiple rising sources in the past this has been going for a while have said that there's always been that tension building between Phoenix Rising on the one hand under Rick Chance wanted Kev Lambert to be playing as a defensive midfielder. The Jamaican national team setup that kind of had visions of him being a central defender. Um, that's been going on for a little while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been hearing about it for a couple of years now about that kind of discussion um, ongoing. So it's not a shock in some ways. I mean, we saw him fill in as a center back last year at yeah. one point when it was needed, when Rising was really, really struggling for numbers at the back. So, I mean, we know he can do it. Yeah. Is he a centre-back, though, or is he a defensive midfielder? I mean, you know what? A, we've got a poll on Twitter. Go ahead, phnx underscore underscore rising. Hop on over there, vote in there, and then yeah. hop in the chat. Chat, let us know. What what do you want? Do you, do you want uh, him to be playing as a centre-back? Do you want him to be playing as a defensive midfielder? Or do you really not care? Is this just like kind of a, That's a pointless really... little discussion that we're having you know, here? I will throw up a poll in this the, in the YouTube chat as well. Yeah, the technology. Yeah, YouTube one as well, because we can do both. Whoa. Why not both? Whoa. Polls on polls. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's something that we when we talked about it, I feel we, we and I'm curious if your opinions change, that we both have said, while he can do a solid job of both, we, again, we in the past, tell me if I'm wrong, we both think that his best uh, position is in midfield. Has your has your opinion changed in that one? Good question. Like, like not not no, not, it is a good not, question. not including like competition, not including depth. Like purely, where is his best position for him? Only talking about him. It's a really good question. Um, I actually seeing him on the weekend playing as a centre back felt as though he 
did a very very good job there again he's able to cover the ground he's able to he's able to kind of do a lot of the things that he did as a defensive midfielder he's able to cut a lot of things out um i think he can do a really good job back there so i don't know it's oh it's hard to say because i think when we're talking about which is his better position sometimes you end up getting in a position where you're like splitting hairs. Yeah. And the actual difference between him quality wise in each position is so small, especially compared to the gulf of say what you might be relying on for depth in either position. Yeah. Um, and the impact it has on the team overall having played in a different position. It's hard to make that judgment. Um, I feel as though overall he's definitely, I, I don't know. I, I feel as though he can definitely play as a centre-back. I feel as though he can do a very, very good job there. If he was to play there all season long in USL next year, it, it's just a question of, I think, what the team needs. Owen Evans, the king of sitting on the I fence and not giving fence. people a decisive, on the fence. a decisive answer. No, I, my, my answer really comes down to Mike's comment is wherever he's needed most. You know, the kind of thing I saw really from last year is we saw him towards the tail end of the last season. He was primarily playing as a center back. When he has played in the center midfield in the past, I think the center midfield depth was a bit weaker in, in regards to how it was, and he really shined out. Towards the end of last season, coupled with injuries, coupled with really like yellow card accumulation, all that stuff, and really just the fact that we need to shore up the defense trying to stay afloat for a final playoff spot moves to the center back position. And I think that's something where he was able to thrive. Now we fast forward to this year, and I don't know if it's recently biased or whatever, but I think the fact that we have an influx of center mids, the fact that maybe our defenders are more suited a bit more as like an outside back type situation, leads me to believe that while I think he might be a better player in the center mid, his greater value is going to be as a center back. And I truly believe he can be the best on the one of if not the best on the team in both positions give me center back and this is like that's really what's changed my line of thinking is he's able to help the team more shore up the depth where there is not as much there and honestly like i don't know if if he's a guy who can hit can win aerial duels can win on corners but also if you're like let's say you're playing from behind you want to push him forward push him forward if you absolutely need to but i think that's something where it's a luxury to have it's a divisive topic but it's, it's, again, a good one to have. I would not mind it if we we start the season kickoff. He's our starting center back. Would not mind it at all, and I actually have come around to it. The poll is, is quite lopsided. We are right now seven votes in. 50%, over 50% of people say yes. 29% of people say they don't care. 14% of people say no, he should no, not be a center back. No, as in for center back. Yes, he should be a center back. Yes. No, he should not be yep. a center back. Don't be care. clear, we got a more binary choice on Twitter at the moment. Nice. Two-thirds of you on Twitter saying that yes, he should start the season as a centre-back. Um, BJ, who of course is in our chat as well here, po pointing out on Twitter that watching his positional intelligence would be his best spot. Look, I, I think, again, and you're talking about the depth at centre-back, uh, central midfield, sorry. Um, we have to consider the fact that the central midfielders are a bit different this year as well. There's maybe a little bit more muscle to them. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Carlos Anguiano is still about, and he's probably the more... Uh, most likely to be bullied off the ball, let's put it that way. I don't think we've ever hidden that i think i don't think he's ever hidden it on the pitch that he's he's not going to be the most physical presence in the middle of the park yep. you're relying on others around him they're gonna play that more bully role and and kev's capable of doing that he has done it very well for years here but um 
you look at some of the other names in there, you're just looking at Renzo Zambrano, you're looking at Carlos Harvey, those are guys who can fill that role. Mm-hmm. Those are guys who can fill that role very well. And then when you've got Jose Andres Hernandez as well in there, um, as mm. another midfielder in the sense of, yeah, stuff's getting crowded. Because Federico Varela is presumably playing every game. Yeah. As your more attack-minded midfielder, yes, but I, I don't know. I'm... Yeah. Is this something where Juan needs to come out and say, this is his position, that's that, to end this discussion? Or is it something that it's going to just kind of well, settle itself? Well, does he have to? I, I'd imagine that Kev knows. I'd imagine that Kev knows what the yeah. plan is so far. Um, I'm not saying he, he doesn't. Does he doesn't. Have I'm, cu- to tell I'm curious. Us. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. He, I personally, I don't think he has to. But I'm curious if that's something where, if you are a teammate of his, whether you're in the center back group, whether you're in the midfield group, I'd imagine the do you team need knows. That? Do you? I'd imagine okay. the team knows okay. what the plan is. Hmm. Um, we don't yet know not. what the plan is entirely. Yeah. Um, and that that's by design. These kind of things, you got a lot of new pieces here. Yeah. You want to retain that intri- that mis- you know, the, the mystery factor around this team. That's you want to maintain that. You want your opponents to not quite know exactly what you're going to come out and do. Mm. You want to maintain that little bit of intrigue about how it's going to work. So I understand it. I understand why they're keeping the cards a little bit closer to the chest. But again, just the way I'm reading into it makes me think he's more likely to be playing as a centre-back than he is as a defensive midfielder. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. And I'm reading into it, to be fair. I'm reading into it, but that's how I'd read into it. Okay, I got you. Well, it sounds like he's not going to be playing higher up the field. No. But if you want to be playing higher when you're on the field... Check out our friends at OG's Brands. If you saw what I did there, let's go. OG's Brands, we love them. <laughs> we love them so, so much. Um, they are always hooking us up with the great new gummies that they got going on. They got the Indicas, the Sativas, the Orange and Cream, the new Strawberries and Cream, the Happy Balance. Happy Balance, kind of like this midfield, center back kind of conversation that we're having. We're trying to find the happy balance to it all. And OG's Brands, They've already solved it and everything going on. Um, Pina colada, minis, you name it. They've got all the sleep edition. I mean, you come on. You guys already know. You guys already know. It's official. The strawberries and cream has already hit the shelves. Check them out at your local dispensary. You can find them at ogsbrands.com. They have a little indicator. Find out that your local dispensary, they'll get you taken care of. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly and while what what the heck what the heck is so funny when does return okay you know bj <laughs> listen i am our partnerships guy darn it and i take pride in this stuff and you guys will love my transitions whether you like it or not you're gonna love it yeah that is tough yeah that's absolutely brutal to hear gosh darn it i sell the ads okay i hate it i hate it, I hate it here i hate it here i hate it here I guess I'm not looked. I guess I'm not locked into game time right now. I guess I'm not in my game face. Oh, but wait, what's that? Game time. You can buy your tickets there. Bam! I am doubling down. Mother MFers. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Go to game time app. Save up to 60% off when you buy tickets. Last minute, we got rising tickets on there. Producer Sean, where the heck is our game time graphic? Come on, you're laughing too darn hard to throw up the right thing. Goodness gracious. But yes, go to game time. If you don't have season tickets, Boom, new stadium. Get it on game time through the link in our description. BJ, I do not LOL me in all caps. It's, and you do a great job. Hey, everybody. Dang, dang. This is a tough crowd. No, you know what? 
it, it motivates me to get better. You guys are tough, but I love it. Do not, do not take a picture on your screen, producer Sean. I see what's going on there. This is mutiny at its finest. This is just absolute shambles. This entire chat. Tell the people show. about game time. I am out of it. I'm no, I'm done. I'm done. But no, on the real game time. We love them. Best way to support that. Best way to support us is through buying the links in our ticket in, our, in the link in our description. Please buy your tickets through game time. It's going to be a great season up ahead. And you get to hear more transition from me. Screw you all. All right. <laughs> What's next in the preseason? Quick, I'm just going to unhook the mic. Yes, of course. Yeah, naturally. Take yeah, the cord out. You guys are a tough crowd, but it's not going to stop. I'm just going to double down. Um, no. You know what? Next. Before we move on, though. Before we move on, no, though. You know what? Asking about since cheese. we're on this no, conversation. No, about cheese. What do since, you mean? Since we are on this mean? conversation. We promised it last week. Uh, we get up. Max's cheese of the week. Mmm. So he's at Gouda here. What is? What the hell is that? That's what? you reading ads. What? What kind? That, what kind of a cheese? Is, what is that? Is that apparently a, it's Gouda? I don't know. It's Google said it was Gouda. That's so. a handsome looking Gouda, but damn! Like, is it, was that your Photoshop skills? No. It, it takes like ten seconds to put these together. Okay. Well, don't act. Okay. I give you a nice chiseled product so you're well stop taking pictures producer shot this is some bullshit all right listen i'm seeing gouda i'm seeing blue cheese in the chat you guys he was a good all right this this just gone off the rails listen it's cheesy ad reads i'm glad you guys like them or hate them i don't care you're gonna love them anyway i'm gonna move on from this because you guys have derailed this conversation next steps in the preseason yeah we're trying to figure out who our starters are, are as we get closer to the kick, regular season kickoff. Sporting KC up next. What should we prepare? What should we be prepared for? What should we be prepared for? Well, this is going to be a slightly different in this game coming up. Juan said that what he's planning on doing this time is he's going to have starters out there for sixty minutes. So this is where, to your comment about how much should we read into things, this is where we start to see that difference. This is where we start to see players who are going to be expected to play more of a role early doors in the season, they're going to get more minutes. Yep. They're just going to straight up be playing, starting the game, playing for an hour. So yep. it's expected. That's how these things work. You normally start at 45 and want to start pushing them to like 60, maybe push them to 75, then push them up to a full 90. Yep. You want to ease them in. But yeah, I think this is the point where we start to see that difference. What are we going to see? The answer to that, I'm afraid is nothing because the game this Saturday is not going to be open to us, to mm. us, to you. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, so the, the amount of insight we can provide from this game is limited to whatever gets tweeted by the can't team. Can't use game time for that. Suckers. Can't use game time mm -mm. for that. We can't even get mm. it. So good luck. But um, of course, that's their last game before they head on down to Mexico. And uh, rumor has it we're going to have some coverage. From there's, yeah, they're not going to be the only one hanging to Mexico. Yeah. Raise your hand if you are going to Mexico City. Oh, wait, no, that's just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make some city, so let's um, <laughs> just follow along. We'll be... Owen Evans International. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of the, uh, let's go. PHNX Rising hits Mexico City, so um, Gosh, what make, a sure what a to, uh. make sure to follow along. We're actually going to have, hopefully, articles coming up all week. Um, Obviously, the show next Tuesday, I'll be down there. And there's games next week as well while they're down in Mexico City that they'll be playing in against the Pumas Under 20s and against Tabasco as well, so... What's going on? Is it going to be like last, late last year when KC opened a stream late that we could watch? I'd be very surprised, BJ, because again, they don't even want us going. So I'm guessing they want it in total secrecy. But the, by the looks of things, I think this is more of a sporting thing than a rising thing. Um, sporting's preseason has not been going well. Mm. 
So well, and you love MLS. And you have, oh yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I really couldn't care less about sporting Kansas City's players. <laughs> I just want to speak to Wangara and watch Phoenix Rising, but. Performance on, but hey, it's clearly a joke. Hey. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yes. No, we agree. Um, yeah, very unfortunate that it's it's not open, but uh, you know, good thing we're gonna have Owen on the ground to not again for the Sporting KC game, but when they go to Mexico City, um, we'll be doing a we'll be doing a live remote from that, and yeah, it'll be a good time. Anything that we missed from this coverage? Uh, don't see anything else. No, we already talked about all the results today, so we can go and move swiftly onward. Anything? Wait, you mean you mean Tottenham Hotspur losing? <coughs> we've already we've already covered that in the DraftKings read, so you know, no no use I in uh, rehashing that. Stadium news, isn't it? Uh, what's what's that? Oh yes. Thank you very much. Is it, this is something that Max wanted to add to our show today, and he completely forgets. I'll be honest, there's a bit. Of, I, I was thrown off by everything, but no. So here we go. This was from Bill Krause. Tweeted this out. Little construction of what's going on. Forty. What do you say? Forty-seven days away. Something like that. It's pretty crazy. I will actually pull up the exact title. Oh my gosh, my Twitter. It's April first. April first. April first. The game is on April first. No, no joke. April Fools, baby. No joke. No April Fools. No joke. Wait, forty-seven days. I was right. Forty-seven days. Let's go. 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 Math. Go. Brain. Go. Memory. But yes, forty-seven days away. That is absolutely crazy. Um, hey, MLS is the fourth most popular in the world. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. that's that's yeah. very fair. But uh, anyway, um, no. the point. The point to be made here, I think, if we're talking about development along the way, is that. Yes, they're starting to put the stands up. It's kind um, of it's become Rising real. is expected to be yeah. moving out of Wild Horse Pass for the training ground when they're away in Mexico. Yeah, so it's it's becoming it's, real. It's coming to an end this, now. This they're moving to the new there. location, providing it's ready in time. There'll be a training pitch there, hopefully ready in time. If not, there are alternative plans in place. Mm. But um, yeah, there's a lot of hope right now that they can start getting things over there. And of course, then once they get back from Mexico, there is the one chance you'll get to see them. At home, not truly at home, but in the Valley before April 1st. And that is when they play away to GCU, uh, which will be open to the public. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff, I believe, on the first Saturday of March. I wonder if their soccer fans are as rabid as their basketball fans. No. Yeah, I didn't figure. Um, no. But no, it, it's exciting about to see the stadium kind of pinch me that it's, again, less than two months away. Wow. Um, I love that. Pretty cool to see. I mean, guys, listen, we're we're coming to the home stretch here. I mean, before you know it, we're going to be starting. We're going to be starting. We're going to not. I mean, before home games, there's the away game. But, I mean, shoot, the regular season is upon us. And thank you guys for being a part of this. This is where we really set lay the seeds, so to speak, for, and lay the groundwork, like like the construction, see what I did there with the stadium, uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, okay, well, you kind of hate that one. Anyway... I think that's all we have. Um, this guy missed uh, Cupid's arrow. Bam. Um, yeah, for myself here at PHNX Rising Podcast, it's been me, Max Simpson. This has been my friend, Owen Evans, <laughs> and everyone with producer Sean. We will be back with you next week. Again, Owen will be remote, Mexico City. Going to have a great time. But thank you guys for joining in, and we'll catch you. Laters.